at my core. So the, the opposite of default energy or, or when we move through it, it's called sourced energy. And it's really created in the moment. It's alive. It's vibrant. It's like aligned with the soul of who we really are. And so in, in a sourced place, to me, mistakes, there, there, there's no such thing, right? It's all learning. It's all growth. And yet in the default, it's like, no, that, that's a problem. Like, why would you make that mistake, right? Welcome to Queer Hustle, where we talk to the hottest up-and-coming queer entrepreneurs about growing businesses, creating dream lifestyles, and taking care of each other. Your host, Michelle Goyle, sits down to work together to explore what's possible when you approach business with full authenticity. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into Queer Hustle. I am Michelle, and this is the show where we showcase the coolest up-and-coming and already established queer entrepreneurs. And today we're very excited because we have Darla Ledoux. She is the founder of Source and the author of Shift the Field. Darla, do you want to introduce yourself to the crew? Hello, everyone. I'm Darla, as Michelle said, and I love working with what I call transformational leaders. So we'll we'll dive in a little bit to what that means. I believe transformational leaders can show up in all walks of life. A little bit about me. My background is actually as an engineer. I often call myself a recovering engineer. I'm able to get out of that structured way of working and into my own business where I can be more in creative flow, which I love. And the journey is relevant because I'm able to actually bring structure to some of the more esoteric or woo-woo stuff that my clients do in their work as coaches, consultants, creative entrepreneurs, and all all different walks of life. And you are a transformation coach. And you so you're bringing people through, what, big life trans, uh, transitions? Or tell us more about that. The core of my work is working with other entrepreneurs who offer transformation in their work. So I have a certification program, and I also work with our clients as a business coach to help them design their business model to support their clients better. So all of the people we work with, they are delivering transformation in some way, which is basically helping their client to create a new awareness that totally changes how they show up with life. And I, my new book, as you know, is called Shift the Field, which is really all about that transformation, going from old energy that I call default energy into sourced energy, which is more alive and vibrant and connected. And we bring in all kinds of different results when we're in that space. And the book is beautiful. If you want to hold it up for those of you who are watching us on YouTube, look at that beautiful cover. I love it. How does it feel to hold that book in your hands? It feels amazing. You know, it's been about a year in the making. It started out with a different title. And I I really, the outline is the same as when I started. I, I had support in my writing, but I actually wrote the book along with my audience. So I offered, I put it out there to my list and I said, if anyone wants to read as I write, you know, I offered a program, it was $50. And I sent the chapters and they got to comment and I got to see what, you know, really was speaking to people. And by the end of the book, it really became a whole different thing than I thought it would be, even though the outline's still the same. So it was super fun. It totally shifted. And I'm a big advocate of that. So I've been in business 
for 11 years now working as a coach. Um, I started out as a career coach. When I left my engineering career, I thought everybody needs to leave their career, right? So I started out as a career coach. And pretty soon all of my clients had quit their jobs and started businesses. So I was like, I better figure out what I'm doing. And so I've been studying business and specifically transformational businesses for for longer than longer than I've been in business really. I love it and we're we're very aligned there obviously we do the same kind of work over here uh we call it impact scaling but that concept of when you help folks make their own impact you're really being able to have an exponential impact from your own work and then you know for for us it's so fulfilling to see the ripple effects of what our clients do and then the people they help what they do and just how, how far that goes out I'm sure you feel similar things in your work. Since you had me show the cover, there's these little rings on here that actually they are representative of that ripple effect. And when we are in connection with other humans, like-minded humans, we we do create exponential results because we help each other to shine. I love that so much. And I love this new, and you, so you talked about, you know, moving from the, the old default energy. Can you tell us a little bit about what, how do you define that old default energy? What was that like? And then what is this new energy? So a default energy is anything that we revert to automatically. It is created from our past, a past experience that happened where whatever happened, we decided, oh, this is how I'm going to survive this situation. And then we carry that into the future and we think that's how we can control our outcome in the future. So the default is you know, it's from the past, it's controlling the future, and it's relatively stagnant, right? It's like it works to get an expected result, but it's probably not the result we want. If we're in a place where we want to create, you know, a quantum shift in our results, we can't keep bringing the same energy with us. Absolutely. And we know, you know, everybody has a little bit of a different trauma response and that thing that they default to, but there's some really common ones? What are some of the ones that you see play out over and over and over? Well, I can tell you one that I've been working with recently, which is this just pattern of avoiding disappointment. And so that shows up as, has shown up as hiding from any possible circumstance where I would ask for what I want and be disappointed. Right. And that, you know, goes back to being a kid. And my parents were divorced, and my dad would say he was going to come and pick me up and he wouldn't show up. And there was a point, I remember it, when I decided I'm never going to wait for him again. Like I would pack up my bag and sit on the porch and fall asleep, you know, like he's coming, he's coming. And there was a point where I just decided I'm never going to wait for him again. Right. And this, you know, usually the default energy in, in some way, shape, or form creates this shield in front of our heart, right? It's like a protective mechanism. And so I'm just, if anything holds the possibility that I could be disappointed, I'm not going to do it, right? So you can imagine how that shows up. I'm married. I've been married for almost six years now, right? Like that's not a good pattern to have in relationship because we're, you know, we did, we're humans and we disappoint. So yeah, you can kind of get the feel of it. Right. And the, the way then it would show up is just, just avoiding asking. And I think that's a huge pattern that so many of us have is I'm not even going to ask, you know, let alone get comfortable with receiving what I need. Instead, I'm going to do it all myself. I'll be the lone wolf. And 
That way I'm in control and no one can disappoint me. Absolutely. And so many entrepreneurs, super control freaky, don't let anybody else try or mess anything up. But also, right, we need a risk tolerance to be an entrepreneur, uh, especially if we're going to grow. And so how does that show up in terms of not trying new things or, or, or does it manifest that way? Well, for me, you know, I feel like I, we, we all have these complex patterns, right? So I also have patterns of trying new things. Like that's, that's part of who I am as well. So, you know, there's a reason I'm an entrepreneur. It didn't just come from nowhere, but it gets in the way, you know, you mentioned, you know, letting people try things, letting people make mistakes, right? Like team leadership has been a big growing edge for me over the years. At my core, so the, the opposite of default energy, or, or when we move through it, it's called sourced energy. And it's really created in the moment. It's alive. It's vibrant. It's like aligned with the soul of who we really are. And so in, in a sourced place, to me, mistakes, they're, they're, there's no such thing, right? It's all learning. It's all growth. And yet in the default, it's like, no, that that's a problem. Like, why would you make that mistake? Right. Yeah. For me, it's shown up a lot in my team leadership and also in my relationship. I feel like those two go hand in hand. Absolutely. <laughs> they do. Relationships, relationships, right? I think um this this notion of avoiding pain or embracing pain or something in the middle is is very interesting to me, right? A lot of the uh, of the chatter now, especially in entrepreneurial circles, coaching circles is around um, the old, you could call it mas- masculine or toxic masculine energy around hustle harder and you'll get what you want. And, you know, obviously as queer folk, like that doesn't land super well with us um, or, or any marginalized folk, uh, you know, anyway. And this new energy of, hey, how can we be in the collective and how can we work together in something that's a little bit softer, but Where's the in-between when it comes to, you know, obviously if you avoid all pain, you're not going to, there's not going to be any gain. Um, But if you're running toward pain, you can start to get a little too far on the hard side of just, you know, just work harder, try hard, you know, where's the middle ground, do you think? So running toward pain would look like what? What what would that look like? I mean, I know people that are so into this concept of getting comfortable being uncomfortable that they'll like get up at five in the morning and take a freezing cold shower every morning because they want to condition themselves to handle discomfort, which that one's a little too hardcore for me. I do not take the freezing shower at five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't studied with Wim Hof either. Uh, so... I would come at it from a little different perspective because it's not really, there's not a hard and fast rule. And this is where for me, when I see formulas or, you know, 10 step systems, or this is the ultimate morning routine, like it really depends on you and what's alive for you. So if you're someone whose default energy, you've been conditioned, like like I, I conditioned myself. I don't even want to say my parents did. I conditioned myself in response to my upbringing that I was going to be really smart, get a good job, get the hell out of there, make money so I didn't have to experience the things that I witnessed, right? And so for me, I naturally would push myself, get the good grades, get the good job, all of that, get promoted. And so... I've spent a lot of time in sourced energy that looks more like space and grace, for example, or being selfish, right? Like like really discovering what is it to put myself first. I worked with an energy of nourishing and nurturing for a full year 
just to learn how that felt in my body, right? Because I didn't receive that in the way I I wanted or needed growing up. So someone else may, you know, would have totally different default patterns. And for them, you know, getting into a community or a conversation about hustle might be really great, right? It might be a breakthrough over where the pattern was that they had sentenced themselves to previously. So there's not really a one-size-fits-all. I don't think it's about finding middle ground. It's actually about finding the energy that frees your soul to express in a new way. And there's not one energy forever, as you might have noticed, even in the examples. It's like, once we work with something until it integrates and it just becomes a natural part of who we are, then we're on to the next transformation. So, you know, for me... I would say much to my wife's chagrin, selfish is something that I integrated, right? I'm like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I like. And so she's had to learn to find that for herself and what feels true for her and what she really needs. I love that. I want to dig into space and grace a little bit. I just because I like things that we can remember easily, but I I love that concept. I can feel that. Tell us a little bit more about space and grace. Well, I can tell you I was on a retreat. So um, my first book is called Retreat and Grow Rich. I was, you know, the retreat lady for a long time. And so I love retreats. So a lot of my experience, I came out or I learned, I discovered I was gay on retreat. So, you know, that's a whole other story, but I was on retreat and we had exercise and we had kind of walked through, you know, looking at, it stemmed from what's something you judge like what's something you judge, a quality you judge in someone else. And I won't go through the whole exercise, but the kind of the last step was to discover this new, I mean, basically a new source energy, right? They, they used a different languaging, but to discover this new being that I wanted to carry back from the island. And so I'm in the, in the, building, you know, working in my notebook, journaling, trying to come up with what is it? What is it? And then all of a sudden I realized that here I am in this beautiful tropical setting and I'm inside like in struggle. And I thought, why, why, (laughs) why, why am I choosing this? And I really got that it was a choice that I could just pick circle two words and go play. And so those were the words I circled, space and grace, right? Which is just so different than having to get the right answer, which is part of what I was conditioned to. You know, engineers have right answers. That is part of our training. So yeah, so that's where that that was created. And you can kind of get the world of it, right? Of like this, I have to get it right. I have to work really hard at it. Like if it, it doesn't count, if you don't work really hard at it as opposed to just leaving space. And this might be right for now and it might not, but you know, where do I really feel drawn? I love that so much. And I think everybody listening and watching can relate to that feeling of I'm in this beautiful space or I'm in, you know, maybe I'm at a party with a bunch of people I love or something and I don't feel right. Like, I don't feel like I should feel right now. And I feel out of alignment with the situation and, and, you know, turning and then saying, what's, what's going on here with me that I need to get to. Um, And I love that, you know, just that shift of perspective of, hey, how can I focus on something different right now and focus on something that feels good, right? Yeah. And it's so much easier to do when you're on retreat and that's the, that's the whole point, right? But if you're at a setting like a party or, you know, your default 
it's so easy for that to kick in. This is, you know, this is how I survive a situation like this. And we show up in the same way because we know we will get a certain result. And so I love when we can, we as guides can provide experiences where people can't pre-plan like how I'm going to show up to survive this situation. That's where we start to really see our truth come forward. Absolutely. You can see the glee coming onto my face because my clients hate that I do this to them, but I do. When we have retreats, I give them bare bones information about what we're going to do. We do need to see what comes up organically. And we don't want people coming in with preconceived notions of what the exercise is going to be like, how they're going to show up. And of course they hate it because again, lots of entrepreneurs, control freaks, clients listening. Sorry, I love you, but you know, it's true. Uh, <laughs> you know, And they want to know exactly what the details are. And what are we going to be doing? And how can I be? And it's like, no, we're going to be put a little dis, uh, deliberate discomfort into this situation because we do want to see what comes up and we want to work with that. Yeah, because otherwise we're masterful. I go like this a lot. It's like this thing that's hidden from our view, right? There's a truth back here that's fueling the default energy pattern that we're not really aware of. And that doesn't make us bad or, you know, it's like our programming. Because if we were walking, looking at it, we'd be stressed all the time. So in a situation like that, it's a great opportunity to let your guard down in a safe space and to really look at and get honest about how we've been conditioned to show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for validating me on that, by the way. I feel like, yeah, Darla said it was the right thing to do. So, ha. Queer Hustle is sponsored by BGSD Strategies. BGSD Strategies helps queer-owned businesses scale past the $10 million revenue mark and more. To learn more, visit www.bgsdstrategies/slay. You know, when we talk about retreats, and I've always been such a big fan of travel, pattern interrupt, just getting into a different place. Obviously, you know, for the last little bit here, that's been hard to do, and we've been missing that. Tell us about why that's important to change your scenery. Mm, yes. Even in doing virtual retreats, we highly recommend our clients go get an Airbnb, even if it's just down the street to get out of your, your energy field, because everything around us is set up by our default energy. And this isn't bad, right? Some of our default is past sourced energy that we've integrated, right? And it's like, great. But there are things that we've set up that really don't serve us, but but keep it in place. I remember I had a mentor who would always say, do you like what you see when you look out your window? And every time he would say that, I was like, no, 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 I don't. It's like, I could see how the old me chose the neighborhood, chose the, you know, like, yes, my dog and I had to dodge broken glass when we would go, you know, walking. <laughs> that was the neighborhood I chose. Right. And, and, the, and there's a part of it that, that I really loved. I like being a little bit on the edge and living with diverse people and, you know, that kind of thing. But it was also like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. But the old me had set that up. And so getting out of the space and into a different environment where I could start to feel into what do I really want at this stage of my life um, then I could go back, notice the contrast. And we don't notice it when it's like the water we swim in. Absolutely. And then you get into the same uh, patterns, thoughts, feelings. There's nothing new to, to, to inspire you differently or to, to kind of trigger a different path of, of thought, right? So, I mean, I think what's so interesting about your journey, I mean, you, you brought it up, like you didn't quite know you were gay when you started all this stuff. <laughs> 
you you figured some things out about yourself definitely what was working for you in an earlier stage of your life is not what's working for you now and what's working for you now may not be what's working for you in five years 10 years how do you stay open to what comes next well, I think the main thing is it's what I teach. And so I'm a big advocate for walking your talk. For me, it's built into my work to continually be fine-tuning my energy, you know, so I'm holding space for my client's truth. And so, you know, in the book, I teach a three-stage system for transformation. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of overview it really quickly. The first is commitment. And this is about having your client actually be committed to transformation. And by the way, you don't have to be a coach to, to use this model. I was recording a video trailer and I was telling my videographer, he really could use this approach. Like it helps all of your clients to be ideal clients if they shift their energy field first, right? They're not in resistance to whatever you're doing with them. If it's video, if it's speaking, if it's, it makes a difference. So commitment is commitment to transformation. The second is the sourced experience, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but that is where we really see our truth. And so truth is at the center of this. So obviously, when I started my business, I thought I was straight. So there was obviously a truth I was missing. So I'll get to that, right? But that's in the, the second stage. And then the third is integration, and Michelle, I'm guessing since you said you have retreats with your clients, they, that you also provide integration. So they go back home and they get into their old environment and they see all the things that are no longer working. That's where it really, you know, where the rubber meets the road. And it takes a lot of courage to make, actually make the changes in our life. So one of the key phrases in the book is insights are cheap, but integration is priceless. So we can get these ahas all day long, like people might have them just from listening to us, but how do you then go actually change your life? So those are the three stages. And so this middle stage, the sourced experience has release, receive, rise. Release is releasing control. So we talked about that a fair amount, right? It's like really that surrender step. Receive is about receiving the truth. And that's that thing that's hidden from our view. And a lot of times people might have a lot of brilliant truths to share, right? Like I give the example of everybody's got that friend who keeps dating the wrong people. I was that friend, right? <laughs> I was definitely that friend. And it's like, you can see it, like why they keep attracting these same people, but, and you can tell them all day long, but unless they're actually committed to their transformation, they're not going to receive it, right? It's like we, we're somehow in the struggle of it and we can't see it. But when you've gone through this process and you're at the stage, you're willing to see it, that's that, that moment. So Michelle, I would say, you know, when you're designing experiences that are maybe out of someone's comfort zone, right? Or that they're not prepared for, they have to release control or dig in and go into major resistance, which is also interesting information, and then they can receive the truth about how they're showing up to finish it. The third stage is rise in your new sourced energy. So once we see the truth, right, and we can be validated in that truth, we can clear it and we can create a new energy field. And that's that's kind of the heart of this transformational process. And I, I help people weave it into their business model, the whole thing. So anyway, here I am. I'm teaching... I had a, my business was called Aligned Entrepreneurs, and I was helping people develop businesses that align with their truth. Like that's been the heart of my work forever. 
And I left that home where I didn't like what I saw when I looked out the window. I moved to Denver, Colorado, and I rented a beautiful house. Like I just picked, didn't look at the price. I picked the house I wanted and like everything's going great. And all of a sudden things started breaking in my life. My tooth broke. I broke at least three pieces of jewelry. A light bulb exploded and I ran into a pole outside of my driveway. And so I was in this place of releasing control. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I surrender, right? <laughs> and, and I was going on retreat and I was actually a staff coach for one of my mentors programs. So I was in the back of the room supporting the clients and there happened to be a queer sexuality coach in the room, one of the clients. So I'm sitting in the back of the room and there's various conversations going on about her work and what she does. And yeah, I didn't think anything of it, Michelle. I was just, but, but it was in the space. Right. And I had told my mentor that I had had these things breaking and he said, well, that has to do with suppressed anger. And so I'm thinking, well, I don't know what I'm angry about. You know, <laughs> I'm not angry. And Anyway, we get to the end of the retreat and we went to a celebratory dinner. And in this conversation, I was sharing, I was leading retreats and I was sharing how I wanted to take people to Vietnam. And he just thought this was very strange. He said, why would you want to go there? I said, I just loved it there. Well, what did you love about it? I said, I don't know. The culture just feels so non-judgmental. Those were my words. And he immediately said, so this is where, right, ready to receive truth. He said, what are you afraid to be judged for? And now that wasn't even in my awareness that I was walking around afraid to be judged, right? It was like, okay, I thought I had done my work and I was, you know, feeling pretty good. That was the truth, right? Is that I was walking around terrified to be judged. And I felt it in my gut, even though I didn't know what he was talking about. And then he said, to me, he goes, you know, ever since I've known you, there's been something. And he went like this with his hand, like there's been some kind of wall, right? All this default shows up as, you know, barriers, barriers to intimacy, barriers to connection. And he said, you kind of have the energy of someone who's gay and doesn't know it. And we're over dinner. There's a whole table of people, right? And I'm just, nobody heard. And I, I just, you know, wrinkled up my nose and I'm like, huh? And he said, I don't, I'm not saying it's that, but it's something like that. So just sit with it. And so I'm in my mind, I grew up in a town of 500 in Northern Minnesota. So not a lot of diversity, right? And I found myself in my mind going, what can't be that? So what else could it be? And kind of, you know, searching my mind for some other explanation. And over the next three days, I went to another event. I overheard three conversations about people being in the closet, coming out of the closet. And I was like, okay, universe, I know this is for me. And then I flew home. I said a prayer, Michelle. I said, universe, if this is for me, I will listen, I promise, but make it abundantly clear. So I got home and I'm unpacking my suitcase and I flipped on the TV and there was an episode of Grey's Anatomy where the woman's on her deathbed and she had never come out to her son. And I was like, oh, okay, really? Got it. Grey's Anatomy. And so within three days, I flew to LA and had a friend take me out in West Hollywood. And so I could, you know, give myself a new experience because I knew. And I called her and I said, Are you home this weekend? I need your help. And she said she immediately knew. She knew. So, right? Like she had seen it just based on things I had told her about past relationships or whatever. She had seen it. 
but I didn't see it. I didn't know. So she helped me and um, yeah, the rest is, the rest is history, but I know part of what you're always interested in is, you know, how does this affect business? I immediately thought I have to close my business because I thought I, w- I had been talking about alignment and truth. And I'm like, I don't even know myself. Like, how can I teach anything? And it was really scary. And when I did decide to come out, like my first thought was I have to go out of business. And I had a mentor who said, you know, it only took you five minutes to come out to me. Like, I think you're going to be okay. And I was like, okay, okay, maybe I can do this. And my mentor was gay. So that was great. And I wrote an email to my client because i that's part of how I had grown my business is really sharing transparently about my journey. And so I wrote an email. I sent it to my best friend who said, girl, I don't know that you should send this. What if you're wrong? And, you know, it's like, and I, and I have to share this because people have an opinion about everything. Like this was my dear friend who thought it was okay to have an opinion about how I feel in my body sexually. And so it was like, suddenly I could see, first of all, these things that are hidden from our view, like they, we could, you know, explore them forever and not know they're there. So we need help. Like I needed help to see it. And secondly, that everybody has an opinion about what's right for us. And so it's so important that we're able to tune in and hear, hear ourselves. And it really changed the way I showed up as a coach because I knew those things, you know, at a visceral level now. It's beautiful to get to a place where we can receive the intention of thank you. You want to help, you care, you're invested. And also I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it's both and, right? Yes. Yes. And I don't know if you've ever struggled with that, but I've struggled with that. Right. And especially when, you know, I've had that situation with mentors where, you know, this is the guidance and it's like, oh, everything in my soul feels that's a no. And how do I deal with that? And how do I trust myself when, you know, everybody else thinks this thing is amazing, but I just don't. Sometimes it's a, um, you know, for, for me and my process, sometimes it's a, can I get aligned with that? Because I do want to challenge myself to see, let me explore that. And let me not just shut the door right away because it's something that's maybe unfamiliar or scary. Can I get aligned? But if I'm trying to get aligned and I can't get aligned with it, then yeah, you got to, you got to listen to your gut, you know? Yeah. So I've had a lot of chances to practice that. Absolutely. And it shows through and uh, you're showing up for folks so strong and so certain now and open to receiving the next level of transformation, which is how we know that you're a true leader. Uh, and truly integrated in all this stuff. Darla Ledoux, thank you so much for being here. The book is called Shift the Field. It's not quite out yet, right? When is it going to be out? We got to get it soon. (laughs) Yeah, you can find it at shiftthefield.com. Shiftthefield.com. Go get a copy. Read about this product. I love a good framework. I'm so happy you did that. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been awesome having you on the show. And everybody else, we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Queer Hustle. To read the full show notes for this episode, which include a summary, timestamps, and any links mentioned in this episode, please visit michellecoyle.com slash podcast. There, you'll find the information from this episode and any past episodes. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com slash queerhustle. Until we meet again next week, go out there and let it shine.